You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome into Locks on Mavericks for Wednesday, December 28th. My name is Mike Marshall. His name is Jacob Kemp, and you can hear us on the ticket this week. Um, basically, Thursday and Friday, he's in in the morning. I'm in during afternoon drive. And uh, Locked on Mavericks is brought to you by SeatGeek. Um, if you want to get out to that uh, that concert, that show, that, uh, that even musical this week with uh, Book of Mormon, maybe that Cowboys uh, divisional round playoff game that's going to be coming up. You're going to need to use SeatGeek because they gather up all the tickets from other sources, put them in front of you so you don't spend time hopping around the internet and miss out on the best deals. They're going to grade that ticket for you as well. You're able to click on the uh, the actual seat and check out the sight line. So there's no there's no uh, assumption left in the matter. They've uh, they've taken a uh, a very strenuous process that probably left you with some level of regret and made it very easy for you. Um, so if you want to go to the Cotton Bowl, if you want to go see Tom Petty in April, download that SeatGeek app on your phone, throw it on your Android or your iPhone, and uh, go to the Me tab, and I'll save you 20 bucks by doing this. Hit the Me tab. There's a nice little bar there that says enter promo code. Guess what? You're going to throw a promo code in there, and Uh-oh. it's going to be LO Mavs, as in locked on Mavs. And that's going to save you $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase via the app um, and they're going to rebate you either through your Venmo, which is very convenient, or they're going to uh, rebate you with a check to your uh, your domicile out in your front yard, that mailbox thing that no one uses anymore. And uh, SeatGeek is fantastic, and we uh, we appreciate them for uh, supporting us, and we do use them on the regular. So not just blowing uh, smoke up your butt. Um, but thank you for listening to Locked on Mavericks. We're here for you every day. Um, you can follow me at Machine Sports. You can follow him at Not Jack Kemp. You can follow the show at Locked On Mavs. And Jacob, we got some beef. <laughs> we got a little beef. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's weird, man. I, th- I feel like as a guy who has definitely been a poor sport for most of my life, <laughs> um, you know, it's just you don't want to be like uh, who's the the other day? Who were we? Uh, uh, Grayson Allen. Oh, right, yeah. Like, all of his games where he does something, all of the times that that happens are always whenever he is playing poorly. Mm -hmm. So it just, on one hand, while I really love conflict and I really love, especially whenever it's with the Rockets, I mean, when you go, when you have like a, when you're in the middle of like a 25-6 to run that buries you midway through the second quarter, I don't know. There's just something that feels a little weird about that being the time that you, that you've got big problems with people. Yeah, it's just lashing out um, because, I mean, you, you're still a person. Like, we watch, I watch these games and I, like, forget at moments that, like, these aren't robot people. Uh, and then uh, every once in a while, you just take so much negative and you start getting your teeth kicked in uh, continuously. And there's only so much negative input, like, one psyche can take before you just lash out the other direction. Um, and that's why, like, Every time I see someone like make a stupid turnover and then they commit a stupid foul, 
I'm like, yeah, I understand that. I completely understand that. Sure. But uh, Mavs lose at home 107 to 123 um, to the Rockets. The Mavs 23rd loss of the season. They are now 9 and 23, uh, barely ducking under those Phoenix Suns for the worst record in the West uh, by percentage points. Um, Bogut returned, and the Mavs had their uh, their actual starting lineup, their expected starting five out there for only Third the fourth time. Yeah, fourth I think time? It's fourth time. Fourth time, and they are uh, winless, as a matter of fact. Um, <clears throat> let's do a little bit of a summary before we get to uh, all the nonsense. Um, so you feel like you have a grasp on the game, and it's not just celebrity deathmatch. Um, 22-8 to eight at one point in the first quarter, and then the Mavs rally back and actually take a lead for a second there. Um, I think 31-28. And, um, of course, they exert all their energy doing so. Uh, because that's what it takes for this type of team to go on a run like that. And then the Nuggets, or not the Nuggets, the Rockets, go on a 20-6 to run to start the second. And during that run, it started getting a little weird. Bogut got hit with a flagrant for a screen. Uh, pretty dirty screen, dude. Yeah, no, that's what he does, though. Like, I think <laughs> it's, it's about the 10th time I've seen it this year. Yeah, and it makes it makes sense that it got called for a flagrant. It probably deserved a flagrant, but he's probably standing there going, I've done that 57 times. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And no one's called a flagrant on it. Um, and then Justin Anderson and Nene square up a little bit. And uh, the tension is just uh, pretty ripe in the room at that moment. And uh, when all's said and done, there's eight technicals. There's a uh, Trevor Ariza mystery technical at a dead ball in the uh, third quarter when he's just at, like, the other end of the court, um, shaking his head with his arms out, doing the thing like, I know I shouldn't even be out this late. I know I shouldn't even be out this bar this late. <laughs> that was uh, Carlisle related, right? The first one? Yeah, I think so. Uh, he got – Ariza got the tech, and then Rick got one, like, moments later. Um, and it looked like Rip, Rick was just clapping and going, good call, good call. But, you know, how mm-hmm. Rick, you know how Rick do. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like, back-to-back techs on Ariza, then Carlisle. And you could tell Trevor was upset for whatever reason. I don't even know um, at the moment, but – Afterwards, um, people that were actually sitting courtside like tweeted me um, when I was like, "What the hell's going on?" And um, I guess it got it got out to um, some outlets that Ariza was claiming Salah Mejri, the backup center for the Dallas Mavericks, uh, said something about Ariza's mother, <laughs> and uh, that really just that really just put it over the top. Isn't and that fairly standard? That's that's so lazy. Like that's. He's clearly never even seen a picture of Trevor's mother, doesn't know who she is. Well, it's lazy, but it's also like, Ariza, I'm not really sure that you can let that be what trips you. I mean, Kenyon Martin, or Kevin Garnett told Carmelo Anthony that his wife tasted like Honey Nut Cheerios. (laughs) (laughs) That that happened. It does happen. And you, you can't lose your mind over that. Right, you can't like be waiting outside locker rooms because something like that. Um, I think, like, I, I don't want to go down the wussification of America type path, but I've heard far worse things. Oh yeah, um, on you know even like in rec league basketball games, and uh, I've been in a room with Salah Mejri multiple times, and let me tell you, you can't understand what he's saying. Yeah, and also, wouldn't it make sense if somebody was like only on? Uh, like the second CD of American English Rosetta Stone that they would be doing mom jokes? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. 
No, he, he, he just he just stumbled upon the Jerky Boys CDs. <laughs> <laughs> he's just he's calling him Sizzle Chest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that really got under Ariza's. Uh, really got in his crawl. And early in the yes. yeah, and early in the fourth quarter, like Ariza, I don't know what he was trying to do. I'm watching. I'm rewatching the game right now. He's like trying to walk over to the Mavs bench. I don't know. And then like a wall of people were like, "Hey, idiot, you can't do that." Um, and apparently. He was uh, waiting outside the Mavs locker room uh, after the game. Like, what the f are you gonna do? Like, how do you, how do you see this scenario ending? So stupid, man. Like, in what what timeline do you think like you're gonna come out looking like a swell guy uh, that just like two pieced Salah Mejri um, after after a game in the hallway? When you're clearly going to get assault charges filed on you, <laughs> there's cops everywhere. Yes, there are cops uh, everywhere. That one, one security is, guy that's always there. Yeah, what's that guy's name? I don't know. The older dude with the beard. Yeah, yeah, he's just regulating. He works at the Rangers Stadium too. So the one thing that I think is funny about it is you can be that guy if you want. If you want to be, um, you know, if you want to be, I'm going to fight you in the tunnel after the game, guy. But then. Right. But then for James Harden to afterward be like, just unprofessional from the Mavs tonight. <laughs> I'm like, you gotta come get your man. Like he's, like he's literally trying to get into private property uh, for the purposes of assault. Like, right. And, and James Harden's like, ah, I know they're having a tough season over there, but you just can't disrespect the game of basketball like that. And I'm like, Trevor Reza has a gun in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What, are you, t- what yeah. are you talking about? He's he's spinning a revolver at. Uh, or Beverly is over here on a golf cart at Carlisle's press conference <laughs> yelling at him. And and here's Harden in his locker like, ah, yeah, these guys, just, just just a lack of decorum, you know? It's what gets me. Not <laughs> what, what are you talking about, dude? Not what James Naismith had in mind. Right. Like, just if not, nothing else, all the stuff the Mavericks were guilty of happened on the floor. Yeah, exactly. That's like the, the I mean, like a passion crime almost. Like, yeah. you might say something during a, they're in a, they're in some competition. Uh, they might get a little, little wordy, but yeah, uh, to say those guys were being wild disrespectful <laughs> while Trevor Ariza is trying to lure like Salah into the back, like, uh, into like the plumber's closet. <laughs> and he has like a saw situation set up for him. And be- also, <laughs> that's, dude, you had to go to Saul. You know I can't do Saul. <laughs> I had to go top shelf. <laughs> uh, I also love any time. This, this is a common mistake that uh, even mere mortals of the media world make a lot. But uh, any time an athlete, or anybody, but in this particular case, Trevor Reza, I think it was Reza, it might have been Beverly, misusing uh, – the term "upmost respect," like misuse, <laughs> uh, utmost for utmost, like he tweeted, right? Uh, something like, "Oh, you know, got to have the utmost respect for the game," or something like that. Yeah, he it's tweeted, uh, "What we experienced today as a team, period, was the utmost disrespect, period, <laughs> and total disrespect to us and the all caps game of basketball." Dot oh. dot dot. Just as basketball weeps. Still got the W, though. <laughs> yeah. What's more disrespectful is your uh, your use of grammar, Patrick. Yeah, it's not very good. You know what else I, I think is more, is like, probably the most disrespectful is that from the time that Daryl Morey took over, they've won like three playoff series. <laughs> right. And it's That's been pretty like disrespectful. eight years. And yeah. they've got like, 
two seasons in that time where they won more than 50 games. And, right. You know, they're having a nice year, and I, you know, I, I can't, I, I see. Here's where I'm at as a Mavs fan. I uh, even in my my uh, biggest uh, fandom years of the Spurs Mavs rivalry, I really never hated the Spurs like all y'all did. Everyone I know like hated the Spurs, and I just never really got it, man. Like I don't, I, I, I always found them very hard to get mad at because the dirtiest thing they had was the Ginobili flop. Yeah. They didn't really talk much trash at all. Mm-hmm. Um, their style of play wasn't all that like flagrant. Like it was very rare that Tim Duncan was just hanging his crotch on your, uh, <laughs> your on Eric Dampier's head. You know, mm-hmm. like they just didn't really ever have anybody that I could get all that mad at ever. But the Rockets, man, <laughs> I've always had just the utmost of hatred for the Rockets. <laughs> I, 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 I got I got no time for the Rockets. McGrady and Yao, like I think a lot of people got into them. I hated sure. Tracy McGrady when he was in the league. Like I respect how he was a super exciting player, but I just hated the guy as a Mavericks fan. Like I yep. never felt that way about Tony Parker the way that I did about um, about McGrady, the way that I feel about Harden, the way that I feel about Beverly. Um, you know, Corey Brewer is an, an all right guy, obviously from his time here, he's seems like a decent enough dude, but I just, I, I, I effing hate the Rockets and always have. So that's why I'm conflicted on one hand. It's like, Oh yeah, fight with the Rockets. This is exciting. But yeah. on the other hand, it's like, nah, well, I think it got ramped to... up whenever they got Harden. Oh, like, there's no doubt because Harden has done nothing but a negative impact on the overall game of basketball. And I'll stand by that like forever. Yeah that he's making basketball less of a product and less of a uh, beautiful game, and he's found uh, some kind of loophole, and he just keeps picking at it. Um, and the league's fine with it at this point. Like, they're over it almost. Yeah, like, um, when I hear people say that about Curry, I don't get it because I'm like, no. well, that's, he's in. he's not taking advantage of any sort of rule. He's taking advantage of he grew up in a time where he was shooting on NBA floors at five years old. Right. And now, you know, all four ball kids can hit from 40. That's like – you're changing the game, and if you don't like it, you don't like it. That's like the invention of like the ver- the forward pass in basketball, yeah. like or in football. It's like whatever, man. But if what you Harden- don't like it, I get it. But you can't say that it's like dirty or, right. not, or even like cheap, really. Right. What Harden does is he finds that uh, that area in between good ideas, which is like uh, you know calling you know body fouls and stuff like that, and uh, the the failure to make good ideas, good legislation. And he lives in that little zone, and he just abuses it to the utmost extent. extent. Yeah. And now, it, now it's just disgusting, like what he does. Um, just running full head of steam at another man, flailing his arms around. And that is a skill. That takes talent to like, sure. do, that, do that and still make shots and still, uh, still you know, at least get in a position to look like you're shooting the basketball. But what he's doing is he's exploiting uh, that gap that exists between good ideas and actually implementing them as rules. And I got no time for that. Yeah, I totally agree. I don't, I don't enjoy watching it. And that it's ramped up to a new level this year. Just because yeah. he's got the ball in his hand the entire game, and it's it's. Right. I've kind of been thinking for the last couple of years, like, oh, Mike Mike D'Antonio's an offensive genius. Like, I'm not saying he's not, but I could have told you five effing years ago to take the ball out of Patrick Beverly's hands. Exactly. And, uh, like, he, he can still guard their point guard. Don't play hard and off the ball. Right. That's the dumbest thing they've done for the longest time. And I, I thought it was really rich coming from Patrick Beverly 
uh, a guy that's basically been um, dethroned from a starting position, didn't play last night, and if you ask the casual NBA fan about what they think of Patrick Beverly, they're just going to remember him shredding Russell Westbrook's knee. Yeah, it's he's a dirty player. I mean, Yeah, there's no it, doubt. There's no way around it. It would be like if after this game, Bogut was – or any game, Bogut was like, those guys, you know. Just disrespectful. Right. As a like, group. Bogut's like, just shrugging his shoulders like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an a-hole. Like, yeah. I'm not really the guy to weigh in here. Yeah, exactly. Bogut was like, ah, oh, it's confusing. I've done it like a hundred times before and never gotten a flagrant. But tonight, uh, apparently it was a flagrant. So, um, that's on y'all. Like, I'm going to keep yeah. doing me. Y'all do you. Yeah, Daryl Morey to me is like, he's like Sam Hinkie, except for he's got like a trust fund. Like he's, yeah, he, he he. There's something to that. Yeah, um, like there's no difference to me. Uh, he's also he's yeah. In by that, I think you mean like he's way more like in your face. He's definitely yeah. Like, he, I don't know. It just the guy kills me. But uh, from a game standpoint, um, I feel like I am going to be validated on my preseason prediction that Seth Curry will shoot over over 40% from three while taking four or five a game. Where's he at right now? Do you have it? Uh, 37. Mm-hmm. Uh, but since he came back from injury, he's at 49. Damn. And I mean, obviously that's not going to hold, but he hit three of six last night in that, mm-hmm. in that span of 11 games. He's playing 25 minutes a night and averaging two, two or four from three a game um, for 49%. So I think he'll continue to probably take more. Um, yeah. He should, <laughs> and I think he'll. Yeah, I think he'll end up as a five, a, a five or six three a night guy. And if you can do that and shoot forty percent, you're probably going to be scoring eleven to twelve points yeah. in twenty five minutes. And like that's pretty awesome because that's a scrap heap player. Uh, yeah, Wes is going to end up probably being, you know, a, around his career high. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, in north of thirty eight or around thirty eight somewhere. Yeah, I mean, let's see. In uh, 2013, 2014, he was 39-3 and then 38-9. Right now he's at 37-7. So mm-hmm. I think and, and taking uh, about half of a three more than he does per uh, his – no, two and a half more than he Damn. ever has in his career. Wow. He's, dude, he's, what's the he's taking eight threes a game. That's insane, but it's – I mean, he's hitting, so. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean – like we say every every time we do this, like there are things to look at and be like, oh, that's still, you know. Yeah. There's, 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 there's something there. Yeah. The thing that I can't get away from from this season, and you probably can guess it as I mention this every time, uh, just about every single post-game, post-post-game show we do, um, you're not going to be any kind of a contender, any kind of a real uh, defensive basketball team if you cannot stop people from nuking you from the three-point line. And that's why they're losing. Like, you can yeah. take you can take all the lineup stuff you want and go, woe is me, um, you know, with the only playing the fourth game in which they had their expected five out there. But, dude, defending the three-point line is almost effort to me. It's almost – it's next to rebounding in terms of, like, things that are just pure effort. And when you do put in the – they're going to spot you 10 rebounds, and they're going to let you shoot north of 40% from three. You cannot win. Like, there's yeah. no possible way in they're the modern really, NBA. 
they're not really good enough. I mean, they've been way better, as we highlighted yesterday, from beyond the arc in the last couple of weeks. But they're not good enough to get into shootouts and win. And that's really – dude, when it was 31-31 at the end of the first quarter last night, I was like, they're about to get bombed. Yeah. They used – I mean, <laughs> they showed all their tricks. Like, whenever you – that's the thing. Whenever you get down that much, you show your, like um, – you show your cards. You show your, your lineup in which you uh, – you think you can use to um, manufacture offense. So the other team already knows what you're going to. So if you sub, there's not that two- to three-minute break uh, later in the game where they're like, oh, S, I got to adjust to this. Yeah. It's just – it's, and that's without taking into account how much energy you put into making a 15- uh, you know, to four-point run or something like that once you've been down. Um, <laughs> one last thing I thought was pretty funny is uh, Ben DuBose, friend of the show. He does Locked on Rockets. He keeps – he's like Mr. Houston, which I, 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 I respect. Like, if, hey. you're, if, you're, if you're rolling with your set, you're rolling with it. Look at us. We're yeah. Not, I mean, we just spent 15 minutes telling you how much I can't stand their team. So. Exactly. But what I didn't do is uh, maybe hop over and try and use a uh, cross-sport uh, comparison. I didn't uh, maybe like hop because I mean oh yeah the rock the Astros thing <laughs> yeah he, he uh. tweeted a picture he tweeted a gif of Dallas Keuchel like striking out the lino to shields like how old is that number one uh, number two the Astros against the Rangers over the last two seasons are ten and twenty eight yeah that doesn't feel like the one you want to go to <laughs> like it's in the worst comp hall of fame <laughs> of all time. Yeah, it really is. And as uh, as Ranger fans, we know that the Rangers have literally only won division titles recently by just bending the Astros over. Right. Like they're very average against the rest of the entire, uh, you know, American League and American League West in particular. Like I think we might have had a losing record to the Angels. I think we did. One of the years that they, uh, that they, <laughs> they won the division. But – they just had like this run of luck slash dominance over the over the Astros. And I when I saw that, I'm like, man, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> even if you wanted to post like something about the the uh, the Texans being in the playoffs last year, right? And uh, or last year or two years ago, that was last two, year. Wasn't it? I don't even know anymore. Well, they I mean, aren't it's real to me. It's a tradition unlike any other, which is um, going to be a time honored about nine days from now. It's the two o'clock Saturday playoff game in which the Texans lose by twenty one points <laughs> with with a, with a quarterback they weren't expecting to play their first playoff game, right? Or remember, like any game. Yeah, I remember a couple of years ago. It was like it was like T.J. Yates. Yeah, that's um, what it was. It was T.J. Yates and Brandon Whedon. They yeah. lost thirty to nothing to the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was funny. I was like, dude, yeah. there's a lot. There's a lot of comps you could use, and a lot of a lot of funny gifs out there in the world. But to show Dallas Keuchel striking out the line of the shields during a game, which I'm pretty sure he probably lost, um, in relation to what Trevor Ariza was trying to tell Salah Mejri, I was like, you like you went to like you. I saw the spin you took. Like I saw the I saw the detour that uh, you ended up in this neighborhood over here in your mind, but. 10 and 28. <laughs> and also, man, I have a I have a few buddies that are Rockets fans and they are so you I swear to god you would think that they've won three titles in the last 5 years based on the way they talk because oh, Of course. 
Like, first of all, um, they, they, the only time they've won playoff series under Maury was 2014-15, whenever we watched the Clippers blow that from Hangout Fest. Yeah, we um, did. So they won, th- what, first, second, and they won two series that year. Yeah. Uh, and so those are the only two they've won under him. I mean, obviously they were dominant back in the you know mid-90s, um, but like, I feel like the reason the Mavericks can hold their title, even though it was only one, over the Rockets right now is at least the Mavericks have the same coach, owner, GM, and best player that they had during that title. Right. Like the Rockets being like, oh, we've got two feels a lot like the Celtics being like, but we won in the 50s. Because I'm like, yeah, well, <laughs> right. all those people are gone. So yeah, exactly. Don't How really does that affect hear your life? It. Don't really think you can continue to print these Clutch City shirts because that was literally 30 years ago, 25 years ago. ago. Yeah, that was, that was a different generation. Like quit, quit faking. Like I, I don't I don't go around repping Roger Staubach like I don't I don't go around repping things that I didn't live through so yeah get real Houston and uh, you know enjoy the, enjoy the second round bounce <laughs> exactly because there's pretty much nothing you can do mm-hmm. that's going to change the fact that you will not be playing in the conference finals this year yeah no have fun being the sixth best team uh, I mean, in it's, the, in it's the nice NBA. it's nice yeah, it's really it's fun nice. I'd rather sure. be that than us right now but you know. Uh, you know, have fun being the fifth best team uh, in a league where the two the two best teams are going to square up probably five years straight. Yeah, have fine. fun. It'll be have, fun. Have 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 your cute little seasons. Have yourself um, a day. <laughs> um, next game will be Thursday night, which is tomorrow um, in LA against the Lakers. Um, Nine thirty p.m. game. The Lakers have two wins in December. So someone in that front office was going through some paperwork and realized, ah, oh, S, if this isn't a top three pick, the Sixers get it. Plus, uh, you know, how's Jeannie going to – she might swing some trades in the midst Ooh. of her emotional swings. Wow. Keep that, keep that wine away from her. If, I mean, Phil might end up – like, I feel like Phil is going to about to get so – like, Vooch might be a Nick by the end of this weekend. <laughs> He just starts going crazy, like moves, right. to, moves to Plano sort of moves after the divorce. <laughs> Think looking at a ranch somewhere. <laughs> no doubt. Midlife crisis, Phil. No doubt. <laughs> awesome. All right. Chris well, Tapps we... needs to look around, dude, because he is not safe. If you've got no. a GM who just got divorced publicly, like it, nah. literally anything is on the table for the Knicks right now. I wouldn't put anything past Phil at this moment. Delicate spot in his yeah. psyche. Um, all right. Well, thank you for listening to Lockdown Mavs. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Uh, maybe looking at uh, some Lakers a little bit. And then um, got some interesting questions that we'll throw out there. So we'll get to those. And uh, thank you for listening. And, Jacob, thank you for your time. All right, man. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99. 
and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.